Everyone has a story, whether it's one of triumph over illness, compassion during a time of need, or even having the strength to say goodbye. This is Health You, Hackensack Meridian Health's podcast. Here, you will find stories from real patients, family members, and friends who have had a remarkable experience they'd like to share. Thank you for listening, and we hope these stories inspire you and remind you you're not alone. So this is Brianna with Health You, and I'm here today with Billy Klecko, who is honestly one of the most inspiring women that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting. So thank you for joining me today, Billy. Thank you for having me. So she's kind of going to walk us through her journey of battling breast cancer. Um, so let's kind of go through that. And can you kind of walk me back to when it all first started? Sure. Um, I had my daughter in January of 2017. Um, just after I finished breastfeeding, I noticed that a, a, a dull pain in my breast was getting more intense. Um, and it also it started to feel like a burning sensation. So, um, you know, I laid down on my bed, did a self-exam, and I realized that I felt something there. So I went immediately and saw my, my regular doctor, my family doctor. And she encouraged me to go get a man- mammogram done. And um, I did that. And, you know, I was then diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. So let's kind of go back. So that pain, was it in one breast, both breasts? It was in um, my left breast, just one breast. And um, it was, it felt like I had a hot coal under my skin is the best way I can describe it. So it felt like a warm, almost burning sensation. And it was constant? Was it just when you were breastfeeding or? It was a pretty constant pain. Um, Yeah. And it it amplified over time. So, you know, I I knew when it was getting serious that I needed to do something about it. Um, With breastfeeding, though, a lot of times people assume that it's a blocked milk duct or something like that. So. Um, you know, you go immediately to Dr. Google and try to investigate <laughs> on your own and um, you you try not to jump to the worst conclusion. But um, in this case, I'm glad I took it seriously and Absolutely. went and saw my doctor. So now how old are you or how old were you back in 2017, you said? Um, you're never supposed to ask a lady her age. <laughs> Come on. Um, no, I was uh, 37 years old when I was diagnosed. So now when you mentioned this, I know that's not the normal age for somebody to, you know, have breast cancer present. So was your primary care doctor kind of like, no, don't worry, it's not that serious? Or were they a little no. alarmed? Actually, she was amazing. Okay. Um, she took everything I had to say seriously. Um, I did struggle a little bit with some of like the people over the phone, like scheduling. And um, there was a little bit of resistance there because... I had just recently finished breastfeeding. So um, they they said, you know, the same thing that I was getting online. It's probably a blocked milk duct. We don't like to do mammograms if you have been breastfeeding within the last three months. And uh, I was a little bit persistent on the phone. And I told them, like, you can either schedule the appointment or I'm just going to show up in your office. <laughs> knock, knock. <laughs> and that's exactly, you know, the, the woman took me seriously and uh, she put me on the schedule. So... So what were the um, steps of your testing? So first you had a mammogram, and then once you know the results came back saying that there's something of alarm here, mm-hmm. what did you go for next, an ultrasound? So um, I had a, a mammogram, and then they did an ultrasound immediately after that. Um, then they scheduled me to come in for a biopsy. I think it was within four or five days uh, with a weekend sandwiched in there. So um, I could tell by the 
rate of alarm and the the speed at which they were administering the test that they felt it was something pretty serious. Okay. So, you know, I yeah, I definitely got that vibe that you know it was it was something serious. When you found out um, that you had breast cancer, how did you kind of reveal it to your family, and how did they react? Everybody else was completely in denial. So um, I would have done the same. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so I, w- I started mentally preparing. I had a little jump on that. Um, so I think that when they heard the initial news that it was cancer, they were all very surprised because they wanted to believe that it wasn't. So. Um, and how did your husband react? And how did he help you raise your daughter? Yeah, so he was incredibly strong. Um, I never saw him waver for a second. Uh, and <laughs> looking back on it, I don't know how he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure behind closed doors, it was maybe a different story. Um, and I'm sure he had his moments where he broke down. I think we all do. Yeah. Right. I call those my Pearl Jam days where I just want to listen to Pearl Jam. <laughs> but um, everybody has those days. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you feel sorry for yourself for a few minutes and then you realize like, hey, life goes on. I got to pick myself mm-hmm. back up and get back at it. So, so then once you found out that you did have breast cancer, what what was your immediate reaction? Um, well, my immediate reaction is, hey, I have a one-year-old. Like, I got to, it's time to ante up and mm-hmm. fight, you know, f- do whatever I have to do to get through this because, you know, I want to see my daughter grow up. So, yeah. So that's what we did. We rallied up the troops. We, um, I talked to my father-in-law who has a lot of, uh, very good connections with the medical community and he got me, uh, in the hands of the right doctors. Now, just so everybody knows, your father-in-law is Joe Klecko of the New York Jets. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. He's a a good guy to know. He's a, (laughs) he's an awesome person. He actually, um, we called him my chemo sabi. He (laughs) took me to, um, every single chemotherapy treatment that I have. Like he really put his life on hold to help me. That's awesome. You definitely have a really great support system. I do. I'm so lucky. So lucky. So then, so he reached out to the sports doctor of the Jets who recommended Dr. Leslie Montgomery at Hackensack, right? Yeah. um, So doctor, there's two Dr. Montgomery's in this story. Um, The first one is Ken Montgomery, and he's the, um, an orthopedic doctor with the New York Jets who is, happens to be married to Dr. Leslie Montgomery um, of Hackensack University Medical Center, and she's the breast surgeon there. So then how long, you know, after that recommendation did you, were were you able to kind of secure an appointment with her? Was it fast? It was amazingly fast. So I want to say, I don't even think I had to call the office. I think that they were calling me. So um, I think that we just found her information. Um, Joe made a phone call to his husband and the rest is kind of history. So I think they called me, you know, probably within minutes of (laughs) that initial conversation. Wow. Yeah. That was definitely expedited. Yes. (laughs) Now you live in Jackson and Hackensack's definitely a a drive. Was that ever something that you were like, eh, maybe I won't drive that far. You were like, no, whatever I have to do, whatever it takes. Yeah, absolutely. Whatever I have to do, whatever it takes kind of attitude. It was worth every minute, every mile that we spent in traffic, um, because I love my doctors, I love mm-hmm. my support system in Hackensack. The the nurses, everybody was incredible. Everyone was supportive. Everybody, right from the second that you walked into the John Thoreau Cancer Center, you know, you just you felt warmth and you felt welcomed. That's amazing. So now let's kind of walk through for somebody who might be going through a similar journey. Let's walk through your care plan. So you saw Dr. Leslie Montgomery at Hackensack. So what was your experience like there? And what was kind of her plan of action for you? So um, her plan of action was for me to go meet with an oncologist who was Dr. McNamara. And um, we 
she Leslie made a call and we were in Dr. McNamara's office that afternoon. Um, we did catch a fun movie in between. So uh, <laughs> we had a little downtime, but, um, you know, we were there the same day because they knew that we traveled pretty far. So they didn't want us to have to keep going back and forth. Um, we met with Dr. McNamara, who explained uh, my specific type of cancer to me in a way that I could easily understand it. Um, even though it's very, you know, a complex subject, she, she really boiled down the details and helped me understand what was happening. And she came up with a plan for me. Um, because there was lymph node involvement, correct? Yeah. So they did, um, through the ultrasound and then through a biopsy, they detected that, uh, the cancer had spread to my lymph nodes. And now I know sometimes with breast cancer, you can either do the surgery first and then chemo or chemo and then surgery. So in your case, you did the chemo first, correct? Yes. Uh, I started off with chemo. Um, I went in like, you know, <laughs> all set, mentally prepared. And then we kind of flipped this, the script a little bit. Um, initially, she wanted to start with the AC uh, chemotherapy, which is four treatments. It's a very intense chemo. Very aggressive, yes. Yeah. And then um, because they found a lesion on my spine, um, she wanted to actually start me with the uh, Tamak or Taxol and Herceptin and Progetta. So um, those are drugs that I think are, I'm not a medical expert, but more specifically targeted mm -hmm. to the type of cancer that I had. Um, so she wanted to go in, you know, super aggressively and try to clean it up, everything that was, you know, on my spine. So for somebody who's never been through chemotherapy, uh, what were the thoughts going through your mind, you know, before your first session? So I am a planner. <laughs> um, uh, likewise. <laughs> so I literally listed out, researched, I Pinterest the heck out of like, <laughs> what do chemo people do? Pinterest? I don't know if that would be my first uh, choice, yeah. but okay. Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, another side topic, <laughs> but like I've practically raised my daughter based off of Pinterest. So, you know, that's, uh, that's where I go to for these sort of things. So, um, you know, I just looked at um, bloggers and other people that have experienced it and I wanted to know you know, the real person experience, not necessarily the medical perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I really mentally prepared myself. Um, and it was actually a bit relaxing when she decided to change the treatment plan because it, it gradually eased me into mm -hmm. it as opposed to, you know, starting off with the, the harsher chemo right on right away. And so I know you did uh, your first 12 weeks of chemo and then you did it on a bi-weekly basis for four weeks? Yes, yeah, okay. or, or for four treatments. So it was four another treatments. eight weeks after that. So what were some of the effects of chemo on your body? Yeah, so um, there were a lot. Aside um, from being loopy, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, one of the things I struggled with the most was my eyes. Um, the My corneas um, became very agitated. And, I've um, never heard that. Yeah, it's a side effect that my uh, my eye doctor, um, he said that a lot of uh, doctors don't take that into consideration or prepare their patients for that um, because chemotherapy attacks rapid, uh, rapid developing cells. And your hmm. corneas apparently are cells that... It's the same thing with your stomach So lining. you were losing your vision is what you're saying? Or it was hard to look at light? It what? was... It, I wasn't losing my vision, but it, bright lights became... It became very painful. Wow. Yeah. And um, blinking, it felt a little bit like sandpaper. Um, so, you know, I was wearing dark sunglasses and... Um, you know, I got to give some props to my eye doctor because he really got me through a lot of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I usually think, you know, with chemo, there's usually the hair loss. Yeah. I, I, yeah I've yeah, never yeah. heard. Um, wow. That, you know, that all happens yeah. too. But that's, you know, that's what, that's the normal stuff. So like the hair loss, the upset stomach, the um, 
what was great was they would give me really, you know, really strong anti-nausea medicine. And that combated a lot of the nausea. I didn't really experience that a lot. Um, not until the very, very end. Um, but it also made me very sleepy. So mm. fortunately, I feel like I got to sleep for like three days straight after each one of my wow. each one of my treatments. So I think that that really helped that, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. So now after your last chemo session, that's when you went back to Dr. Montgomery for your surgery, correct? Yeah. So after I uh, finished chemo, we did a bilateral mastectomy um, with immediate step one of the reconstruction. That was with Dr. Colon, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, amazing doctors. They feel like family, you know, or even friends. Um, one of my favorite nurses, too, was uh, in Dr. Colin's office, Maria. So oh, I did have the opportunity to meet her. Yeah. She was fabulous. She's yeah. awesome. Um, I'm actually doing tattooing with her in a few weeks. So that'll be the final step in my uh, reconstruction. Wow. Yeah. Yep. So now after you had your surgery, and then I know Dr. Colin, she inserted some kind of balloon, right? To yeah. kind of pre- prep you for the reconstruction. Yeah. So then you met with Dr. Kaufman at Ocean Medical Center, right? For right. radiation. Right. So how was that experience like? Um, so I, at first, <laughs> I'm a stubborn person in some <laughs> regards, but I was, I was very nervous to kind of get away from my Hackensack team. Um, but then I met Dr. Ben, yeah, so yeah. acquainted to them. Yeah, yeah. It, but radiation, it's a daily thing. So you have to be closer to home. While I was willing to do it, it just wasn't practical. And a lot of people had to talk me out of driving to Hackensack every day. Just, you know, I wanted to stay in that comfort zone. But then I met Dr. Kaufman and I immediately fell in love with him. He's an amazing person. He is. He is super caring and um, what was great is he would he he really would show me um, like my scan results he you know because I was seeing him every day so if I had a test done I wouldn't have to wait until my next appointment with the doctor who mm-hmm. ordered the test he would actually go over the test results with me to kind of put my mind at ease which was amazing and how long did you do radiation for uh, I, it was thirty three treatments and then I think it was three additional treatments that were more targeted. Uh, focus with the radiation. So now after all of this, um, did you have testing to, you know, deem that you were cancer free? What What is your plan like moving forward? Yeah, so um, I did have a PET scan and the, the results came back clear. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it was, it I'm was so a, happy for you. And that was one of those test results that Dr. Kaufman, like, you know, put my mind at ease with, um, which, you know, I'll never forget that, um, that he did that for me. So, um, but uh, the plan moving forward is I go to Hackensack every four weeks, mm-hmm. um, still under the care of Dr. McNamara, and um, I take a pill every day called tamoxifen, um, and that's that's really it. That's it right now, <laughs> which is amazing. I, yeah. I have to say that I, I've obviously talked to every single one of these doctors about your story, and they all just say, you know, she was one of a kind, and I'm sure you know this too, but... Your mentality throughout this whole thing was just so inspiring. And I'm sure anybody listening to this will wholeheartedly agree with that. <laughs> well, thank you. Of it's, course. It's yeah. a, what made it easy is I really trusted my doctors. Mm-hmm. 
And I knew that they wanted to do the very best that they could for me. So I didn't have to worry about anything. I just had to show up when they told me to show up and, you know, fight through the rest of it. So, you know, I've had the easy job (laughs) in all of this. You know, they came up with the plan. Um, I had the easy job. It was really my family that, you know, I'm sure it was a lot harder on them to watch somebody go through it than it actually was to go through it myself. So let's actually touch base on your family. So what were they like through, you know, throughout this experience? What, how did they help you and yeah, and so um, my, uh, like I said, my father-in-law took me to every single chemo session. Um, my my mom, my dad, they each came down for one. My cousin Renee, like my aunt Lori, you know, everyone really rallied around to support me. My uh, sister-in-laws, Gabby and Katie and my mother-in-law, Debbie, mm-hmm. they really stepped up and helped take care of my daughter because I really wasn't able to to do you know, my, my full duties as mom. Yeah. Yeah. So what, um, advice do you have for anybody out there listening who may, you know, be battling cancer or may have just received, uh, their diagnosis of breast cancer? I would say the most important thing is to find doctors that you trust and that you like because you're really going to be seeing them a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, you want to make sure that you can have doctors that you have an open dialogue with, Um, and you know, you, like I said before, like you don't want to hear this, but you have the easy job in all of this. Your job is really just to, uh, follow the plan, do what the doctors tell you to do and stay positive and, and fight, fight, fight for your life. So I know you mentioned that you have the easy job, right? You're kind of just going to doctor appointments. So how did your family and your support system help? How important were they to your success, you know? So they were essential. Um, They kept track of all my appointments. In some cases, they were waking me up to give me medication. Um, Like they prepared my meals. They took care of my daughter. They they really did it all. And I know that they probably the hardest part for them was um, the emotional part of it. Um, The part that they didn't want me to see. Um, so I think yeah. that, you know, they, they did a really good job protecting me from their biggest fears. Were they also positive? Like you were positive? <laughs> so, uh, it's actually funny. So when I was first diagnosed, I came out with this list of cancer rules and, um, I'm trying to recall some of them, but they were pretty direct. Um, <laughs> and it was, if you deviated from my cancer rules and one of them was like, you're not allowed to make me cry. You're not allowed to feel sorry for me. Um, you can pray for me, but I don't want you to tell me about it. Like, um, so like if you violated my rules, the threat was that I was going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> so I think that they took my rules very seriously. Oh my gosh. And that's amazing. Yeah. They knew what I needed. Um, cause I'm a very like process rule driven type of person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they understood that that's what I needed and that everybody fell in line and, you know, cooperated with what I asked them to do. So how does one, um, stay positive though, with so much kind of seeming to be against them? I know that's kind of a loaded philosophical question, but like, how did you do it? How did you stay so positive and happy? Cause I wanted to be there for my daughter. Okay. Um, you know, that's, that's so really, yeah, yeah, that's really what it was all about is she, she needs her mom. So yeah. I didn't have a choice. I had to fight. So how has your philosophy on life, I guess, changed since having this experience? That's so funny. Cause I was actually just thinking about that on my way here. Um, wow. I read your mind. <laughs> yes, you did. So, um, you wake up and every day feels like a gift. Um, it really does. So I feel like I'm on borrowed time. Um, and I'm very grateful for all of it. So what can you do now, uh, now, you know, that you're cancer free, 
how has your life changed? What can you do? How are you living? I can do everything. Yeah, yeah. The world really is your oyster at this point. Um, So I've been doing, I'm, like I said, I I alluded to my Pinterest addiction earlier. (laughs) So um, it's great that I, you know, uh, right after we finished my treatments, we moved into a new house. So I've been spending a lot of time decorating. Um, I get to run around with my daughter, which is amazing. Um, I do feel a little bit more tired than I used to, so I'm sleeping a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like life is fully resumed and you know, it's just every four weeks I have to think about cancer now. So yeah. And how much longer do you have again for the shots? Um, I honestly don't know. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, you know, I think it's until they deem that I've reached a certain, uh, hormone level or something along those lines. Wow. But yeah, I, I tend, I try not to ask a lot of questions yeah, of my doctors because I just, you know, like I don't want to worry about things or put an idea in my head that maybe that expectation won't be met. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I really take everything one step at a time and I just want to say that your story is truly amazing. Well, thank you. And I know the first time that I ever met you, my outlook on life changed. So I really hope that people listening to this, they realize, you know, if she can do it, I can do it. I just have to do you it can. with a smile. Yeah. So I just want to thank you again for taking the time to share this story with everybody listening right now. You're welcome. Thank you for letting me do this. Thanks, Billy. All participants on the Health You podcast have willingly and openly shared their stories. They have not been paid or incentivized for sharing. The views expressed by our guests belong solely to them and are not necessarily aligned with Hackensack Meridian Health. We thank you for joining us and hope the stories of our patients have inspired and comforted you.